Welcome, everybody, to episode number 12 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. In this episode, we've got a really great interview with Brandon Douglas from BrandonSDouglas.com, where we're going to be talking about his five books that he thinks every firefighter should read and my five books that I think every firefighter should read. And it should give you a really good jumping off point and a really good start to your firefighter library. But before we get into the interview with Brandon, I would be remiss uh, if I didn't mention the passing of Hanover Fire Lieutenant Brad Clark. I was debating on what to say or even if to say anything on the podcast um, because I don't really have words of wisdom or comfort. I knew Brad. He, my wife was uh, his EMT instructor when he first got involved in the fire service. I apologize for my voice cracking a little bit, but, uh, I knew Brad and volunteered. I volunteered in Hanover where he worked. I even went on a couple calls with Brad, have been into some classes with Brad and have even, you know, had a couple beers with Brad, but I didn't know him as intimate as some of his fellow brother and sister firefighters out there. So it's kind of difficult to put into words the life and service of someone who you just kind of knew in passing, but you did know, and so the death affects you. I would just say this. After sitting at the memorial service yesterday, there was one common theme that came throughout everything to do with Brad, and that was he was a fireman. He didn't like the term first responder. He didn't like the term, you know, whatever, you know, whatever other term people put on, on firemen. He was a fireman. And that's something that he was adamant that he was trying to bring back to the fire services, that we are still firemen. We go in to fires. We're firemen. And so if you take anything away from anything that you've seen, if you watched it online, if you were there, just uh, try to be firemen. There's a lot of people out there that are trying their damnedest to take that title away from us, whether they believe it's not politically correct, whether they believe it's sexist, or whether they believe it's just not what we do anymore. Try to do something every day that makes you a fireman. With that being said, again, we've got a great interview with Brandon Douglas talking about the 10 books that we, sh- that, you, that we think every firefighter should read. It's a really, really great interview. Brandon does a tremendous job. I encourage you to go seek him out on social media and through his website. And uh, stay tuned. We'll get right back with that interview. Welcome, everybody, back to the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. Got a great, great episode today, like we talked about in the intro, with Brandon Douglas. And it kind of came about through a little bit, I guess, of fate. We were talking, uh, you know, about, and he was, he saw me on Twitter and he, I was talking about trying to bring other people on the podcast. And then he came on and, uh, it messaged me on Twitter and showed me his website. And it was like fate because I wanted to do a podcast about the top five books that I think all firefighters should read. And Brandon has already got a lot of this work done on the front end. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about five books that I recommend that all firefighters read. And he's going to talk about five books that he recommends that all firefighters read. But first, Brandon, let's, uh, let's welcome Brandon on the podcast. And Brandon, thanks a lot for joining us today. Give us a little bit of background on yourself and tell us, you know, how this BrandonDouglas.com thing started and how your fire service career got started. And just tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, Robbie, thanks for having me. Um, like you said, um, I, I, uh, I, I'm a, sorry, I'm a captain firefighter with, uh, the fire department that serves um, Knox County, Tennessee. So most of the county, aside from the city and another department, um, I've been on for 16 years. I'm a paramedic, uh, came in right out of high school. And um, my website kind of started, I've been a, a pretty heavy reader um, through most of my life and certainly over about the past five or six years. And I started getting more and more into different kinds of books and nonfiction and leadership and things like that. And through some discussions with some friends and um, I was trying to come up with better ways to remember what I read. 
instead of just reading and kind of forgetting stuff. So I started taking notes on my books and highlighting and things like that. And that turned into writing kind of little brief essays when I would finish the book. Um, not so much just a summary of the book, but like what I took from it. And as I started to do that, I was like, well, I could put this out there. Maybe some other people can get something from it too. So um, that's kind of the, the short version of that, I think. And, and the website is brandondouglas.com, correct? It, it's brandonsdouglas.com, yeah. Brandonsdouglas.com. Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. We want to make sure we don't want to miss the S. Yeah, yeah. You go <laughs> um, somewhere else. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, that and, and guys, for those of you that haven't been to, to Brandon's website, I, I, he, he sent it to me and I looked at it. And it really is the Cliff's Notes for the fire service. Uh, it really is. Like, he's got a ton of great content on there. And he's got a ton of great you know, like newer books, older books, different genres. Uh, I really enjoyed going through the website myself, to be honest with you. And that's why I knew Brandon would be the perfect person to bring on this podcast to talk about the books that firefighters should read. Uh, a very similar background to, to you, Brandon, whereas I, I, I kind of write in my books as I read them so I can remember them and go back and reference them later. And you just put it out on a website. So it's a really cool concept. And, and I, and I, I'm just excited to hear the books you have for the listeners of the Average Jake Firefighter podcast today. Thank you. All right, so let's get started uh, with the list of books. Uh, if you want, you can, and again, these aren't any particular order. These are just books that we think that all firefighters should read. And, you know, so what our goal was, is he's got five books, I've got five books, and hopefully at the end of this podcast, you'll have 10 books that you can go out there and pick apart, look through, learn from, and hopefully enrich your fire service career, your leadership career, or just your home life. Because I think that you'll find that as we read these books, that they're just, they're not just enriching for our careers, they're enriching for our lives. And I know that I've taken the lessons from all these books that I've read and been able to apply them, uh, you know, just throughout my entire life, not necessarily just in my fire service career. So Brandon, why don't you go ahead and get us started with the first book you recommend? Yeah, sure. So um, before I get into my list, I think just a quick um, rundown of sort of how I pick these because I, you know, I read 30, 40, 50 books a year. So narrowing that list down gets difficult. But for me, um, in thinking of uh, what every firefighter should read, I kind of started with, well, what should every firefighter, like what kind of character traits or skills? And so um, I think empathy is hugely important. I think um, uh, a knowledge of the history of the fire service, but also not just like the nuts and bolts, but the culture of it. Um, the experiencing the love of the job and other people's love of the job. Um, I think you got to have solid communication skills. And I think a stoic, calm sensibility is really what separates, um, you know, somebody that, you know, can do the job from somebody that does the job very well. So that was kind of my criteria for picking this. Um, and I'll kick the first one off um, with Report from Engine Company 82 by Dennis Smith. Um, it's a, he's a retired FDNY. The book was written, I believe in the late sixties, early seventies, kind of during the war years of the FDNY. Um, I first read that when I just gotten out of my Academy. Um, and then I lost, I, I think I loaned that copy out, lost it about six months ago. I bought it again and reread it. And it's just, it's amazing reading that book, the things he talks about, how, um, you know, dealing with things like, you know, what, what at the time wasn't being diagnosed, but, you know, reads like symptoms of post-traumatic stress, but how he was dealing with that uh, in a very positive way by writing and getting this stuff out, um, reminding himself of what's important. And then, but aside from that, the big thing that struck me and that I really liked about that book, and I hope people can get out of it, is just how much the culture they had um, within their firehouse. You know, everybody hung out at the kitchen table. You know, this was a time before... Um, iPhones and tablets and social media and they they just really had a solid family bond there and I think that's something that um, you know can be missing from a lot of a lot of fire service these days um, and so so that book was a good reminder for that for me yeah I couldn't agree more I, you know, that report from engine company 82 was one of the first fire service books I read as well and I read it uh, people know that listen to the podcast. I got in my, involved in my volunteer fire department when I was 15 years old. And one of the guys that I volunteered with gave me the copy of a report from engine company 82. And I read it as well. And, and I can't agree with you more. 
one of the most iconic books in the fire service, maybe in literature, you know, especially for as firefighters are considered. Sure. But uh, it, it is just like you said, it it talks about a a time really that, you know, a lot of us still pine after. You know, we mm-hmm. want the, the kitchen table time and we talk and we want the, you know, the, the cell phone time. Like, I, I know that I had the most unpopular opinion in my firehouse when they wanted to get our own separate Wi-Fi. And I voted against it because I was tired of everybody sitting on their phones after dinner yeah. streaming movies. Uh, and I was been, pretty unpopular for, for that take. I've been joking lately that I'm going to start making everybody turn their phones in at the beginning of the shift. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It, it, it's a little, it was a little bit simpler time, but it feels like we got a lot more accomplished and we had a little more of a brotherhood when we didn't have our phone. So that was great, great, great first book. Um, the first book that I'd like to recommend is it's one of the more popular books out there, but I can't speak to it enough of how it changed my outlook on things and how I believe that it, it just if you adapt these concepts, you'll not only become a better firefighter, you'll become a better person. And that's extreme ownership. Uh, by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. It's a leadership book, but it's to me, it's a life-changing book. If you apply the concepts that they talk about in extreme ownership, you're just going to be a better person. You're going to deal with your kids better. You're going to deal with your wife better. You're going to deal with, if you coach sports like I do, you deal with the coaches that you have better. You just deal with people better if you just apply the concepts that they talk about in extreme ownership. And you, you'll just have a better life uh, if you, if you just take extreme ownership of your problems. And I, I yeah. really like, I, I read that book and it was recommended to me. People kept talking about it. I finally just went and picked it up, uh, and read it. And it, like I said, I, I really feel like it was a life changing book for me. I bought my kid, you know, Jocko has a bunch of other books. I own them all. I bought my kids, the warrior kids book. They love them. Uh, you know, they have both copies of it or both versions of it rather. And it just, it's just, to me, it's just a, a great way to, to live your life with his concepts of discipline equals freedom, extreme ownership and all those things. So extreme ownership, I think is just a book that everyone should read, not just firefighters, but especially firefighters. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I I read that um, maybe about a year or so ago. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Very, very simple to understand concepts, but can definitely be life-changing for sure. Um, Great leadership stuff. Yeah. And applicable throughout, like just, you know, the business life, firefighting you know just just applicable all around i really it's just a great book yeah yeah fantastic one uh have you do you got dichotomy of leadership yet yes yes i've got dichotomy of leadership about halfway through and it's it's the only reason i haven't finished it yet is just because of all the other stuff i've been i haven't had a chance to sit down and read it for more than a chapter at a time but every chapter i've read has been just like i like page turners like normally i read for an hour a day this these chapters are taking me like minutes because they're just that good and i'm just like i don't pause in the middle you know i'm writing notes in the margins it's just that good awesome yeah my copy should be here tomorrow i'm pretty excited yeah i think you're gonna like it like i said i'm about halfway through and it just is probably one of the better follow-ups of of a book that i that i've ever read it just they just and maybe it's just the way that i like to read things the style Mm -hmm. that they write in is just it just kind of grabs me from jump street and so i really enjoy it yeah Well, cool. Yeah, that that's actually a good segue into uh, my next book is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And um, uh, I'm sure most people are probably familiar, but just uh, Marcus Aurelius was a Roman emperor. Um, he was also a philosopher and considered of uh, the one of the, the kind of the key players in the Stoic philosophy movement. And essentially, it's a lot of the same stuff, I think, um, that that Jocko and those guys kind of teach and, and really you could very easily call Jocko a modern day stoic. I mean, it's kind of just the concept of um, things happen, you know, but how you deal with it, how you handle your emotions and your actions in those moments is what, you know, really constitutes whether um, it's a positive or a negative event. And I think a firefighter has to have the ability to take that psychological step back in a situation and realize that, Yes, bad things are happening, but you have to stay calm and you have to keep clear headed and make good decisions in that moment. And that the only thing you can really control is yourself and how you uh, how you handle that. And I think um, meditations is a great introduction into that. His writing is uh, easy to read, but also provides um, a lot of opportunity for reflection 
and it's easy to relate to. Um, and I think people can get a lot from that and kind of start down that path of uh, either be, paying more attention to how they're thinking about things and how they're, um, you know, treating themselves as well as others. Um, so I, I definitely recommend that one. I think anybody that's familiar with um, with Jocko and his stuff will, will they're easily identify with this one if they haven't already read it. Yeah, it, it kind of sounds like his his detachment uh, principle. You know, you got to be able to, in order to remain calm, you kind of have to detach from the situation, you know, yeah. be able to analyze it. Yeah. And, and it's funny you bring up the, the meditation stuff. That is something that I remember way back from, and I don't know if you're familiar with these guys, the fire service warrior days. That was Chris Brennan and Brian Brush and a couple other guys that they had these three concepts of the fire service warrior. And one of them was mindfulness and they mm-hmm. recommended every day, uh, you know, taking some time to meditate or just think about, you know, like visualize your job essentially. And I kind of thought it was hogwash to be quite honest with yeah, you yeah. Uh, at first, but then, and, you know, and I adapted it in my own way though. Uh, I started to like, as I would run on the treadmill or get to these runs, I'd go through my mayday procedure mm-hmm. or I would, you know, think about, uh, uh, you know, like sizing up a house, like I'd run past a house and I'd be like, okay, that's a two story, you know, middle of the road townhouse, the kitchens in that, you know, and really like start to visualize these things, you know, not sitting in a room, you know, you know, mumbling to myself, but, you know, doing it in my own way. And I felt like it really helped me. Like when yeah. I do these things, like I'll visualize that. I, like when I work out with my air pack on, I'll like, okay, I'll stop in the middle with my heart rate up and I'll go through my entire mayday procedure because your heart rate's probably going to be up while you're doing that, but it focuses mm-hmm. your mind. It gets you, you know, so I really, I really think that that's powerful stuff. And it's something that I don't think is popular among firefighters today, but I yeah. really think it's, it's, it's good stuff. And it's something we need to, we need to bring to the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially with the, you know, the more recent pushes in behavioral health and mental wellness, I think mindfulness, um, however you do it is, is a huge component of that. Keeping yourself you know, psychologically, emotionally well-kept. Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right. Well, I'll kick off with the next book that I have. And this is a book that it's, it's, and, and, and I'll be quite honest with you. It is a book that I love, but it's not like a hard copy book. I'm an old school guy when it comes to reading. I don't like, I don't like e-readers. I don't like reading off a tablet. I don't like reading off a computer screen. I like a real book in my hand, but this is an e-book and it was really, it's more of a compilation and it's the book of Andy Fredericks and it was compiled by Gary Lane. Uh, you can get it online. You can search for the, uh, the book of Andy. It's free. It is the engine company Bible. Anybody who is in the fire service doesn't know who Andy Fredericks is needs to get out from underneath the rock they've been hiding on because that guy was way, way, way ahead of his time. Uh, when it came to engine company work. Uh, he brought the smoothbore back to the fire service, to be quite honest with you. It is just a great, great compilation of every article that he's ever written in the fire service. And it, it is, I, I can't speak too much. I don't go around calling myself an Andy's ambassador, but I believe that that is, if you're an engine company firefighter or a firefighter in general, you need to get that book and read every bit of it, digest it, uh, you don't always have to agree with some of the stuff he was saying, but there is concepts in those books that are in that book that is applicable today to today's fire service with his stream reach, with his stretching the hose line, with all the stuff that he's talking about. So it's a great, great, great book. Yeah, I actually haven't read that one, but I will definitely check it out. Yeah, like I said, I know it's on the Nozzle Ford website. You can download it. I think it's on Gary's website. I don't have that in front of me right now. But really, just a quick Google search for the book of Andy Fredericks, and you can pull it up in two seconds. Uh, it, it, like I said, it's it's well worth your time. Uh, I, I find it a little difficult to read because it's not a – you know, you can go print it off for yourself if you want, but I, I, I find it difficult to read because it's on a tablet or a computer screen. I don't, I don't – I just don't like that. Yeah. Uh, but the information in it is solid gold. So I, cool. I think it's well worth it. Awesome. Um, I think my next one I'll say, um, uh, okay, On Writing by Stephen King, which may strike some people as an odd choice, but um, I grew up on Stephen King. My mom's a huge fan. That was some of the first stuff I remember reading. Um, and But this one is a nonfiction and he actually wrote it as kind of a uh, a writing manual for people that want to write fiction, which um, you know, obviously not everybody wants to do that, but um, there's a lot of great stuff in it on how to be an effective communicator in writing, which I think is really important. I mean, we get uh, you get more into more, you know, you write reports, you write emails, um, if you're 
project proposals. I mean, anything along those lines where you're communicating um, on a page or, or a screen, whatever. Um, there's a lot of great information in there. He talks a lot about um, using a passive or an active voice and not using too many adverbs and all these little nuts and bolts. But there's also some really good kind of um, philosophical points about, um, you know, uh, he, he writes, writing is refined thinking. And so for me, that hits home hard because I started journaling about uh, three, four years ago. And it's turned into just a huge help for me in my daily life and just getting out anything that's in my head, um, but in a very uh, refined way that allows me to reflect on on my day or things that I'm worried about or things I'm concerned about or anything I'm upset about. And so having the ability to to take my pen to the page, and even if it's just for me in my journal, to be able to get that out effectively, this book's been a huge help. And so I, I recommend that um, for that reason. But his his life story is in there, too, which is really interesting. I mean, this is a guy who grew up poor, um, you know, tried and tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed and failed, but eventually succeeded because he stuck with it. It was something that he loved and, and he stuck to it until he was successful. And I think anybody could take a good lesson from that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you're right. It's probably a choice that a lot of firefighters would turn their nose up at. But mm-hmm. but think about how we communicate today. And you talked about that. How, how often are we having face-to-face conversations? We're writing emails. We're mm-hmm. writing, you know, text messages. We post on social media. We don't talk to anymore face-to-face or even over the phone. So in order to be a good communicator these days, you've got to be at least a halfway decent writer. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you yeah. just you just have to be. And and I hate to keep bringing him back up, but you know, Jocko talked. About, Jocko was an English major. Because mm-hmm. he knew how to be – in order to be an effective leader, he had to communicate and write well. Yep. So, I, I mean, I think that that's, that, that speaks for itself. And, again, it may not be a popular choice. But and think about the job of firefighters and fire officers. You know, every call we go on, we come back and we write a story about it. And, you know, and, and every – and I know firefighters that have gotten in trouble for writing poor stories oh, about yeah. either EMS calls or fire reports. So it, it's, it's something that – I. You know, it's it's something that when I go talk to little kids about who want to be firefighters, I ask them, do they like reading and writing? Because as a firefighter, you're going to have to read and you're going to have to write a lot. There's a lot more mm-hmm. to it than pulling a hose line. So I yeah. think I think it's a great recommendation. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so the next book that I have is actually it, it's two books. Uh, it's called Euro Firefighter. And there's two versions or there's two volumes of it. Uh, Euro Firefighter. And that's by Paul Grimwood. And so Paul Grimwood is worked for the London Fire Brigade and then went on a detachment to the FDNY in like the 70s. And he took all the fires that he went to in London and all the fires that he went to in FDNY and he compiled them into these works. And it is probably the most comprehensive view of U.S. fire tactics, European fire tactics and their combination and what he recommends we do to take the best of both worlds. Uh, Specifically, the chapter on ventilation is one of the best chapters I've ever read on that topic ever. Uh, So much so that a lot of guys that teach at FDIC that teach about ventilation reference it in their classes. So it is just a, it just a, a comprehensive look at European and U S fire tactics that that are based on that are experience based and research based because everyone knows like the London Fire Service or the European Fire Service they have different tactics than we use but they kick our butt as far as research so all the stuff that UL's doing now they were doing in the 70s and 80s and then that's yeah. why Paul Grimwood came over to the United States to see what we were doing because they were so different and he took all of those things and put them in these two books now I will say it can get a little sciency and sometimes firefighters don't like that but take the time to read the book. It's, it's a lot of information. Read it slowly. Reread some pieces. And I think you're going to get a lot of benefit out of it. You may not agree with everything Paul Grimwood says in the book, but you'll get a greater understanding of why they push some anti-ventilation tactics or why they push the water fog versus smoothbore nozzles or why they talk about critical flow versus you know just flow, firefighting flow rate and all of these things. And, and I really think it's a good 
way to understand the differences and the similarities between the U.S. and European fire service. And you'll learn a ton about fire behavior, which I don't think we can learn. I don't think we focus on enough in the American fire service. And I don't think you can learn too much about in the American fire service. Yeah, I agree. And that I actually that's another one I haven't read, but it, it you hit on a good point that I think is really important to reiterate that there is a ton of science behind what we do. Yeah. And whether that's something that um, somebody is necessarily interested in or not, I don't think they should ignore it. So it's a matter of finding a way to take that information in that's going to work for them. So books like that are great. Um, not on my list, but a quick mention, The Evolving Fireground from uh, P.J. Norwood and Sean Gray. Great book. Um, you know, but it's, it's got a ton of that science and, but it blends with some tactics and it kind of keeps all that in there to where people are getting exposed to all that. Um, but that also does lead into my next book, which is killer show by John Berlick, which is, uh, he was actually, um, one of the attorneys, I believe the, for the people that sued after the station nightclub fire in Rhode Island in 2003. So tons of information, you know, he had access to, to write this book and it's, um, you know, it, it is the story of what led up to that fire, kind of the aftermath of it, and which, of course, I'm forgetting the number off the top of my head, but 100 or so people were yeah, killed. Yeah, I believe it was like 113, um, maybe, because yeah. I've read the book, too, and it's a great book. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, his his storytelling is great, and, and I, I just remember um, definitely as a firefighter reading that book, just sitting there, like, shaking the book or shaking my head the whole time, going, what are these people thinking? Like, you got to get out don't go, <laughs> but it's great. And, and, but he has a great chapter on fire behavior. I mean, some of the, the best explanation of fire behavior I've ever read in my life it contained in this book. Um, so I think people can get a lot from that. I think it's a, that is a great one for um, a firefighter who doesn't necessarily think they like to read um, to, or well, you know, doesn't want to take time to read or doesn't think it appeals to them, whatever. I think it's just, that's a, one they can pick up and immediately identify with and get into the story um, and get a lot out of it. Kind of makes you take your pre-plans a little more seriously. If you're not already, um, he'll start looking for that solid gasoline line in the walls and make sure your entrances and exits aren't blocked. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great book. I highly recommend it to, to anybody. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Uh, I've read that book and I recommend it to, to guys that I work with, uh, especially like if you want to be like code enforcement or a fire marshal, man, because as you know from reading it, that fire started 20 years. It was 20 years in the making of yeah. that fire. It really was. I mean, the whole, this, just the, the complete just ignorance and apathy of everybody who ever took a look at that building and was like, oh, yeah, this is okay. This is fine. And just the, the it, it was, it, it like I said, I don't want to ruin the book or, no, or spoilers or anything. And great. And that sure. fire has been one of the, it was highly covered, but it really delves into the details of why that fire happened the way it did. And I just, mm -hmm. I love that book. It, it's, it's great. It, it is something that, like you said, it is a, it's, it's got a little bit of drama to it and it'll hook you. It, it's almost like a crime drama book, you know, for people yeah. who like to read that. And yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it will really hook you in. Uh, but so no, great, great recommendation. Um, so the next book that I had on my list was uh, Brannigan's Building Construction for the Fire Service. And I feel like the book speaks for itself. Now, I know they're coming out with some newer versions. I'm talking about the latest, the, the version that I have is the third edition. Uh, and that was one of the, I believe, one of the last ones Brannigan worked on himself. Now they've, they've kind of carried that on and they're putting them out in a different format, but they still are calling it Brannigan's Building Construction for the Fire Service. It's a decent book, but I'm talking about that old blue cover uh, book that is a little bit tough to read because Brannigan can go on for a while, but it is comprehensive, the best building construction book I've ever read. Uh, I kind of treat it more as a physician's desk reference than I do like a book that's a page turner. So like I go mm -hmm. see something on a pre-plan I'm not 100% sure about, I go reference it in that book. But I've read it from cover to cover, and I keep coming back to it because it's a valuable, valuable resource for firefighters. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, the fires are, uh, you know, the fires are enemy or the buildings are enemy. I believe the buildings are battleground. The fires are enemy, but the buildings are battleground. And we need to make sure we understand the places that we're going to fight our enemy. 
Uh, and so, yeah. so when we use that book, that's what we're using it for. We use, it's like, it is a book of just intelligence on, on our battle space that we need to make sure that we understand. We understand how fire affects it. Uh, it's, it's just, I can't recommend it, it any more than just that. It kind of speaks for itself. It's an iconic book. And, you know, so every, I think it's something every firefighter should have in their locker at the firehouse. Yeah, I agree. That, that's a great way to look at it as a, the battleground. And, and I think just, you know, fire being the enemy, the building being the battleground. And the more you know going into those situations, going into those battles, the better you are. So whether that's, um, yeah, reading those, those uh, building construction books and stuttering your fire behavior and all these things are only going to serve to make you better. So the more of that, you know, the better you are. Yeah. Um, for my last book, take a, a little bit of a different turn again, and it is Dreamland by Sam Quinones. If I'm sp- probably mispronouncing that, but it should be close. Um, this book was, for me, pretty important because it was really, I'll say, one of the first couple of nonfiction books I really got into, um, which is definitely taking me down a, a long and um, educating path. But Dreamland is about the very early days of the opiate epidemic that we're, you know, we're all experiencing now and kind of how a lot of that came about. And uh, he's a journalist. So it's it, the book is written really well. It's really easy to read. Um, it's told from a lot of personal perspectives while also kind of giving this overarching view of, uh, you know, doctors over prescribing opioids, uh, people not being able to get their, their prescription opioids anymore and turn to heroin. And so it, it's an amazing story, just kind of telling the actual narrative of how all that happened. But it really gets into um, the personalities and the people that are involved. And I think um, it makes it very easy to have empathy for people that are in that situation and see the fact that, um, you know, while I don't think anybody would argue that obviously some, some bad decisions were involved at one point or another with people that wind up in this situation. At the end of the day, there's still, there are people that are sick. And so for us as firefighters, EMS, whatever, we see these people all the time. And so you, uh, to be successful and to really uh, do the job that we're here to do, you have to be able to have empathy with these people and not see them in, in a negative light. Um, and it's not always easy to do, but this book helped me to see that um, and to, to have a little bit more empathy and sympathy and, you know, remind myself that, you know, there are people too. There are people that are, you know, they're sick, they're, they're having a bad time and we're not there to judge. We're not there to, to make anything worse for them. We're just there to try to help as best we can. So I highly recommend that book. I mean, it, it, it's good for the empathy, but it's also good to kind of just have the, the background knowledge of, of the epidemic that we're all currently living through. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it's, that that's something that we really, really need to, uh, to take into account, uh, in, in a book that kind of, you know, this is kind of a bonus book, but a book that, that kind of made that connection for me, I was in a district where we treated, uh, we had the most nursing homes of, of the County that I serve. And I read this book called treat me, not my age. And it was a book about, uh, old, you know, elderly people and how, you know, they just get mistreated because they're old and people are trying to discard them. And it really like opened my eyes to like, wow, there's so much more I can do for these people. I shouldn't get annoyed yeah. because they, you right. know, because they get, they fall in the middle of the night, even though sometimes yeah, it yeah. is tough, you know, but they, they, they have all these things that, you know, doctors are, 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 they're experiencing polypharmacy where doctors, are, they say they ache, so they give them 10 pills and they, oh, the, yep. these 10 pills make them feel this way. So yeah, and I, I really believe that that speaks to the empathy of of things, and and just like you're talking about with this opioid epidemic, uh, it's easy to just pigeonhole somebody as just being a drug addict and just you know, uh, but it, it's it's a problem. It's it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a disease really, and we have to yes. be empathetic and we have to just treat them like we would anybody else and try to just do the best we can for them. And and it's tough. I, I you know we're human. We get angry. Uh, sure. you know, I got angry a couple months ago when a guy had, you know, hit, he had an overdose him and his, him and his, uh, friend were overdosing together and he didn't give a crap if his friend lived or died, you know? So yeah. it was, it, it makes you mad, but, uh, you know, it, you, you have to kind of like, again, have that empathy for him. So no, great, great book. And, and again, that's, that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. There's more, this is a blue collar job, a very blue collar job, but there's a whole lot more to it, especially in today's society. 
It's we mm-hmm. we don't just show up, solve their problem and leave. That's just not what we do anymore. Uh, right. You know, it, it, so we have to have that empathy for the for the citizens. So no, great, 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 great recommendation. Um, and the last book that I had was uh, it's an older book, and it's a book that I believe that if we had read when this lady uh, published the book, we would have avoided a lot of problems that we're seeing today in the fire service. And that was, and it, the book is called in the mouth of the dragon, toxic fires in the age of plastics. And that's by Dr. Deborah Wallace. I got, it, it was published in 1990 and I got a, B- Billy Goldfeder actually tweeted about it. And so I went on Amazon, I think, and bought it. It was like $6 and I bought a used copy mm-hmm. and it goes through, uh, the science behind why plastics are bad in fires. And then it talks about seven case studies. Uh, Specifically, one of the most famous ones is the 1975 New York telephone fire. And it talks about the amount of firefighters that went to that fire that have died from cancer or heart disease or some other thing that is related to the exposure that they got in that fire. And so I really truly believe that if someone, anyone, had read this book in 1990, we wouldn't be having some of the problems we have today. This cancer in the fire service epidemic that we're going yeah. through would not be as big of a, of a deal as it is today. We wouldn't have to do all this. You know, it, it wouldn't be all this change at once, like the shower in the hour and the five sets of gear and the washer hood Sundays. If someone had just read this book in 1990, that would have been part of our culture by now. But we're catching right. up and we're playing from behind. So I definitely recommend if you don't believe that, can't, you know, because I've heard a hundred times I'm big on the Plymo event. And I had somebody tell me, why are you so worried about that? Firefighters get cancer. It's just what we do. And I just hate that. I hate that so much. <laughs> um, and so I really yeah, believe if somebody yeah. just picked this book up and read it. If you don't believe that fire, you know, that cancer in the fire service is real and it's something that we're doing to ourselves, pick this book up and read it. I think it'll change your mind. Yeah, that sounds super interesting. I'll check that one out for sure. Yeah, like I said, it just it, like I said, it's in 1990, and it's and it's fires that all happened in the you know like what we like to talk about legacy fires, but that this stuff, plastics mm-hmm. have been around a lot longer than we care to think. You know, we talk about these yeah. modern fires, but we were having this fuel load in the late 70s, early 80s. You know, I mean, so it, and if you look back at it, it's just it's it's horrible to think of all the guys from the FDNY that fought that seven, 1975 telephone fire that died of cancer. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. it's horrible to think. Uh, and, and, and it just it makes you think because, too, SCBAs were just becoming kind of a regular thing in that point in time. Mm-hmm. But we have all this technology mm-hmm. on our side and we and we have people that just don't care to use it sometimes. Um, and yeah. guilty. Yeah. Guilty is charged. Uh, <laughs> we've all been there at some point, but I just think that if, if I wish I had read that book, I wish that had been the first book I read instead of report from engine company 82, you know, cause when I got in the fire service, that yeah. book was only six or seven years old. And so I really yeah. wish that had been the first book that, that I had read. Um, so we've got our list run down your list. One more time of the books you recommended. Yeah. Um, let's see report from engine company 82 by Dennis Smith. Uh, Meditations from Marcus Aurelius, On Writing from Stephen King, uh, Killer Show by John Berlick, and Dreamland by Sam Kenyonis. Okay, and the books that I had, the five books that I have were Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, The Book of Andy, a compilation uh, of fire tactics, and that was uh, by Andy Fredericks. It was all articles by Andy Fredericks, but it was compiled by Gary Lane. Euro Firefighter Volumes 1 and 2 by Paul Grimwood. Brannigan's Building Construction for the Fire Service, obviously by Francis Brannigan, and I'm talking about like the third, fourth edition. Uh, and In the Mouth of the Dragon, Toxic Fires in the Age of Plastics by Dr. Deborah Wallace. And so what that gives us is 10 great books that you can use to enhance your fire service career. You can do that mindfulness thing, or, or as I like to talk about, spend that one hour at the library every day learning something about our profession. Uh, 
I think those are all great. That's that's ten great books. And I'm not as good or I'm not as fast a reader as you, Brandon. I probably won't read t- thirty or forty in a year. Uh, so it probably would take me ten years, a whole year to get through all ten of those books. But uh, and it may be the same for all the the other guys out there in the fire service. But uh, bef- before we end the podcast, anything else you want to add about any of these books or or any bonus books you want to throw out there that 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 were kind of on the cusp of your top five that may be in your top ten? Yeah, let's see. I could definitely. Um, okay, yeah. So on, on the uh, same on the same page as Dreamland, as far as building empathy, Evicted is a great book. I can't. I don't have the author's name with me at the moment, but it is. Uh, it's a fantastic read about just kind of the the state of living in poverty and how um, kind of the system is uh, set up to sort of keep people in these really unfortunate situations. Yeah. So that's a good one, especially, you know, if you if you live or work in an area or district where you're running a lot of project housing and stuff like that. I think that's a, a good, good read. Um, and then I'll go for super extra credit. Um, Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace is um, an intimidating book. It's about eleven hundred pages plus another three hundred of footnotes that you kind of have to read as you go through it. But um, it took me and I am a fairly fast reader. It still took me about three or four months to read that. But it's literature, it's fiction, but the amount of he makes a lot of great observations on um, the future of kind of social media and entertainment and people trying to uh, escape life versus live it. Um, There's a lot of great stuff about addiction and things like that. So definitely extra credit, but a great read for anybody that can take the time to get through it. Yeah, awesome. And I would just like to point out, too, that you can get a lot of benefit you know, and a lot of firefighters don't don't see this. You know, they they we they, we tend to pigeonhole ourselves in just fire service books, right? And you know, it, 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 there's a lot of other stuff out there that you can get. You know, stuff about our profession, or you know, stuff about your life. Uh, you know, from other avenues, just outside of the fire service book. I, I know I just read a book about uh, Civil War generalship that I took a ton of stuff away from you know, for the fire service. And they didn't talk not about one, uh, one second about pulling a hose line or spraying water right. or building construction, but it was all about the generalship of, of uh, Ulysses S. Grant and Robert E. Lee. Uh, another bonus book that I would throw out there is a, it's a health and fitness book. It is one of the best, in my opinion, strength training books out there. And that's Jim Wendler's uh, 531 strength training program. It's a super simple mm-hmm. strength training program. All you really need is a barbell and a squat rack, and you can get pretty strong. I'm not a very big guy. I'm about five foot nine and 185 pounds, and I was deadlifting over 365 with that program. So, and, and nice. super simple to follow. It, it you know, it, and mm-hmm. in fact, a lot of people call his program boring but big, and it really is. It's boring, <laughs> but if you do it. You'll get you can get pretty strong, and that'll and that's one aspect of the fire service that we need to be is is being strong. We have to be able to pick stuff up and 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 lift. But yeah, but yeah that great great stuff. So that's a lot a lot of books that are out there. So a lot of you guys listening have some homework to do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> some homework to do. Get yeah, to exactly. Reading. Get to reading. Brandon, any parting words you want to say? Um, I'll I'll just kind of reiterate what you just said. I think it's it's very and I'll speak for myself it's been really important for me to read a wide array of things and I, I would say the the specific fire service and leadership books that I read are uh, the minority that this is a small part of what I read overall but everything I read um, be it books or articles or blogs I mean everything I read I take something away from that to make that makes me a better a, a better at what I do in my personal life, uh, husband, father, person, but also translates into the fire service. I mean, anything that you do, no different than, um, than, than working out or doing your cardio, reading it all, anything you do to make yourself better is going to make you better at what you do. As long as you're taking the time to reflect on the things that you learn, the things you listen to, read, whatever, and apply that to your yourself and your life and everything and, and your job and, and everything else. So, um, I think as long as people are self-reflective and paying attention, you're going to get a lot out of everything you do. Yeah, I agree. Great words, great words. And, and I would just like to, to, to like double down on that. 
you know, expand your mind a little bit. The fire service books are great. I tend to focus more on the military and fire service side, but some of the better books I've read again, like that, uh, treat me, not my age that had nothing to do with the fire service, but it had everything to do with the fire service. Uh, you know, some of the, the civil war history books, I, I like civil war history, specifically the battle of Gettysburg. I'm just fascinated with it. Uh, you know, I've gone to Gettysburg four or five times and, and like, every time I go, I'm like, all right, I got to go with this. You know, I have a book that I follow their movements of a particular unit around and it just, it fascinates me, but I've gotten a lot out of that. And it has nothing to do with the fire service, but again, to me, it has everything to do with the fire service. So expand your mind, expand your horizons out there. Um, all right, Brandon, before we get, before we let you go, uh, tell us where we can find you at. Drop your website again, any social media you're on or anything like that. Yeah, uh, the website is brandonsdouglas.com. I'm on Twitter at uh, bdouglas215. And that's, that's pretty much it. I have an Instagram and a Facebook, but I don't really do that stuff very much. So Twitter and my website are definitely the best places for Awesome. Me. So it was brandonsdouglas.com. And what was your Twitter handle one more time? bdouglas215. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So that's where we can find you. Uh, any parting words for the listeners? Um, no, thanks for having me on and, uh, everybody get out there and, and, you know, make yourself better, educate yourself, whether it's formally or informally, you're only going to make yourself better by doing it. Awesome. Well, again, thanks Brandon for coming on. I think this was a great, great podcast. We've given you just a ton and ton and ton of books that you can go out there to make yourself better. And I really believe that that's what we're all trying to do. It, you know, if you're ever wondering how to spend that one hour in the library, we just gave you several hours or several months worth of one hour in the library. So, Again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for imparting your wisdom to the listeners of the Average Jake Firefighter podcast. And don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with some closing words. Awesome, man. That was great. What a great interview with Brandon Douglas uh, talking about all those books that we think firefighters should read. Um, It's a pretty pretty uh, out there list. Um, I know some of the stuff Brandon was talking about is stuff that not every firefighter would even think about reading. And it's made me think a little bit. And I think that's what my goal always is on this podcast is not necessarily to change your mind, but it's to get you to think, maybe even think a little bit outside the box of where you can expand yourself, where you can get better, where you can learn something. And that applies to the fire service. Because that's what we all want to do. We all want to get better. And we all want to be better firemen. And we all want to keep pushing the limits of our comfort zone to get out there. So again, thanks Brandon very much for coming on the podcast. It was a great, great interview. And uh, I hopefully me and Brandon are going to get back together and do another ten, uh, a book list rather for fire officers, what we think fire officers should be, uh, should be reading because we're both fire officers. So I think that would be another good take on it. And Brandon's just so good. He's an avid reader. Like he said, he will read anywhere between like 30, 40 books a, a year. So, I mean, that, that's pretty incredible. I maybe read like maybe three or four books a year, and that's pushing me to the limits of my comfort zone. Uh, With that being said, I wouldn't be able to do what I do on this podcast without the support of some great, great people. First being Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear is the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. Those things are made for work. I wear MK1 Fire Gloves with me every tour of duty, and they're awesome. They get better with every use. They get better with every fire. They get better with every training. So make sure you go to VanguardSafetyWear.com and get you a pair of the MK1 Fire Gloves. The other company, Taylor's Tins. Taylor'sTins.com. They make metal helmet fronts. Metal helmet fronts for your for any kind of helmet. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you've got you know a Phoenix, a Carnes, uh, whatever other kinds of brands they got out there. They will make you a, a, a custom metal helmet front. Those things are awesome. I wear one on my Phoenix uh, helmet every day, and it's great. I dropped it, and it still looks like it's brand new out of the package. I can't thank Taylor enough for giving me the opportunity to talk about his company on the podcast. He's just a great, great guy. And make sure that you go to his Facebook page, Taylor's Tins. Make sure you go to the website. And this isn't some click-down menu type thing. Taylor is gonna, You're going to tell Taylor what you want, and he's going to send you concept art, and you're going to decide the tweaks that you want. It's not a fly-by-night type thing. It's not a point-and-click. This is a true customer service experience. So make sure you go to taylorstins.com and get you 
a metal helmet front from Taylor's Tints. Throw those leather shields away. Throw those leather fronts away. You don't need them anymore because you're going to have a Taylor's Tint. And lastly, something that I'm extremely proud to be a part of, and that is the Fireground Commander uh, Conference here in Henrico County, Virginia. My good friend Ben Martin from EmbraceTheResistance.com came up with this concept a couple years ago, and last year was the very first Fireground Commander Conference. It was his goal to bring national high-level speakers at an affordable cost here to Central Virginia so that we could expand our knowledge base without having to go to FDIC or Firehouse Expo or some of these other bigger conferences. And let me tell you, it was a truly humbling experience to be a part of it. And now we're going to do it again. March 2019, in Henrico County, Virginia, at the Henrico Theater, the same place it was last year, same venue, the Fireground Commander Conference is coming back. And this year, the speakers are better than ever. We're going to have Mike Gagliano. We're going to have John Dixon, Jeff Shoup, Nick Martin, all sorts of, Christopher Nam, all great, great speakers talking about a variety of topics. Nick Martin's talking about aggressive incident command to support aggressive fire ground. John Dixon's talking about normalization of deviance. Mike Gagliano is going to kick us off with a leadership speech. Jeff Shoup is going to be doing all things engine company. Chris Nam's going to be doing all things building construction. It is going to be, in my opinion, one of the most well-rounded conferences that is anywhere in the country. And you can sign up for it today. Go to EmbraceTheResistance.com. EmbraceTheResistance.com. The early bird sign-up is still going. For now, you can sign up for $99. The regular cost is $150. Don't delay. Get in. Get that early bird. Come down to Henrico County, Virginia. Meet me. Meet Ben Martin. Meet some of the other great guys that are going to be there. Meet Nick Martin. Meet all these guys. And we'll go out. We'll have a beer. And we'll talk about the fire service and all the things that we're trying to do to make the fire service great and to keep it great. So again, the Fireground Commander Conference, March 2019, Henrico County, Virginia, at the Henrico Theater. Go to EmbraceTheResistance.com to sign up for it. You can also follow the Fireground Commander Conference on Twitter at FG underscore Commander. That's where you want to go to get all the updates on the conference. All the, uh, you know, they're going to live tweet the conference, all of that stuff. So make sure you're coming to Henrico County, Virginia. This is a huge, huge project. It was hugely successful last year. We raised a ton of money for Sons of the Flag. And this year, I believe we're going to be doing something for the Central Virginia Burn Foundation. So make sure that you're coming to Virginia in March. And that's about it, guys. Again, thanks for everybody who comes and listens to the podcast. I hope you're enjoying the content. If you want to get in contact with me, you can get me on Twitter at AverageJakeFF. You can get me on Instagram at AverageJakeFF. I'm on LinkedIn at Robert Owens. You can get me through any of those social media routes. You want to be on the podcast, direct message me, uh, do anything. I put my phone number out there on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, 804-641-8310. Give me a call. Give me a text if you want to be on the podcast or you just want to talk fire tactics. I love talking fire tactics. So if you want to talk, hit me up, okay? Like I say at the end of all of these, spend one hour in the gym working on your physical fitness, one hour in the library reading, learning, watching a YouTube video, doing something about our profession, and then one hour doing some sort of hands-on training. You do that, you become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. Thanks for listening. Stay safe.